0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 2023 NFL Week Two edition of the Rundown Sports Podcast. I am your sane co-host Ben Peterson, along with my now insane due to the Cincinnati Bengals co-host Justin Taverner. Justin, my man, how are we feeling today?
1: Uh, not great. Not great today. Uh, definitely have felt better on uh, on a Tuesday.
0: The Cincinnati Bengals being zero and two wouldn't have anything to do with that, would it? what <laughs> all right well um you know let's we'll get into that more in a little bit for now let's just get right into the action if we've got a very busy show for everyone today uh starting off why don't we start with my team um our first topic ryan tana goat had a vintage 2019 2020 game and the titans pulled out the 27 to 24 victory over the los angeles lead blowers i mean chargers I had the luxury of being at that game, and despite hearing Bench Tannehill, among other expletives, after every play that wasn't a score or a handoff to Derrick Henry, I gotta say it was a great day to be a Titans fan. Uh, Justin, I'll let you start this topic off, since it's my team and I've got a lot to say, so take us away. What were your thoughts on the Titans' bounce back week two?
1: Um, so it's it's tough for me to, to gauge exactly uh, how they played, because I was, I was at the Bengals game uh, while the Titans-Chargers game was, was happening. I'm so, so. sorry. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, so I don't have a whole lot of, uh, like, real-time, um, impressions of the game, but from what I've gathered, uh, I think Tannehill, uh, played well. Uh, what what did he throw for almost 250 yards? Yeah, it was
0: like 246 or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, this this two-headed monster with, uh, with Derrick Henry and and emerging rookie TyJ Spears, Uh, I think it's going to be scary. Uh, I think it's going to be a force uh, to be reckoned with moving forward for this team. Um, I think as as they continue to, uh, or as as Tannehill and D Hop continue to uh, uh, mesh with each other, I think this team can can only get better. Um, I've been impressed with their defense. Uh, I mean, I know they gave up twenty four points to to the Chargers, but that is a very good offense with a lot of weapons. Uh, so, 24 points to that team when they scored 34 the week before um, is is really good. Um, I, I definitely think this is – that they had a lot to be encouraged by um, from this game.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think the defense definitely started out slow. And then um, just one quick comment on what you said. Taijay Spears is a freaking monster, dude. Like – Some of his runs, I I literally, at the game, I was like, dang, Derrick Henry is, wait, that's Spears. Like, it was nuts. Um, But yeah, so now that you've got your thoughts out there, I'm ready to launch. Uh, So let's get into it. We're winning the Super Bowl, baby!
1: All right, guys, let's let's (laughs) not get out of ourselves. No, I'm just kidding.
0: I'm a little more reasonable than that. Uh, My honest thoughts, though, um, we started out looking like last week, I won't even lie. Tannehill couldn't get comfortable in the pocket, but then again, who could when you're starting left tackle? Peter Skaronski's out, so you've got about .05 seconds to throw the ball. Um, We got that slow start, but our defense at least contained the Chargers, holding them to a field goal in the first quarter, and then um, only really giving up one big play where Herbert hit Keenan Allen for a touchdown to go up by a weird score of 11 to nothing, because they went for two. Um, Then we found some life offensively. Uh, Tannehill right after someone said bench Tannehill Levis would lead us to the win side note Levis isn't even on the active roster right now he's our QB3 so he's like you know only for if both of our first two quarterbacks get hurt um right after they said that like the next play Tannehill connected with Traylon Burks on a 70 yard pass and then Derek Henry punched in a touchdown and then we traded scores with the Chargers ultimately going to overtime tied 24 all the Chargers won the coin toss in overtime, though, and I was certain that I was about to watch my team do the thing that they do best, losing it in the most Titans way possible. Instead, our defense sacked Herbert on third and a mile, and then the Chargers punted to us. We got into field goal range, and then uh, Nick Folk brought us home. Overall, I was pleased with my team. I mean, you know, this was exactly the bounce back we needed after an ugly Week 1 loss to the Saints. Um, Tannehill played mistake-free football and his connection with deandre hopkins seems to be coming along actually plus i mean that huge pass to traylon burks like you said Tyje spears derrick henry both looking powerful spears honestly gave us a lot more explosive runs and derrick henry was more of the really good like hey derrick we need five yards we need you to run strong like i literally watched derrick henry carry the entire chargers defense for five yards um, and we even, That's
1: what he does right, best.
0: And then we even got to see a Tana Wheels rushing touchdown with his signature finger roll layup celebration at the end. Uh, it was a breath of fresh air not for it. sure after watching a predictable and stagnant offense over the last few years. Ultimately, though, just like last week, I'm not overreacting to one game. Um, but I do have a lot of confidence moving forward that we have a realistic shot at the playoffs in the turbulent AFC, especially with the way this season has started for a lot of teams that were predicted to be contenders. Now, obviously, I need to see a lot more. Um, from the Titans before I would be ready to call us Super Bowl contenders, but I definitely like the direction that we're heading in. I mean, I think we have a lot to build off of after week after week two, um, and, yeah, I'm just excited to see where we go from here. Um, <clears throat> to all the people calling for Tannehill to be benched, let me just reiterate that if we played Willis or Levis, it would be worse than if we had Tannehill in the game, um, as they're both... Not as accustomed to the offense, and Tannehill, I mean, obviously we know what Tannehill is at this point in his career, but he's still, cons- you know, he's consistent, right? Like, you know pretty much what you're going to get from him every game. Uh, I'm not ready to throw a whole season away because of one bad game in week one for a quarterback that hadn't played since the previous December uh, due to injury, and I feel like if we handed it off to Malik Willis or Will Levis, we would be throwing the season away at this point. I just think it's too hurt.
1: No, I, I I think I think Tannehill is your guy until somehow some way he proves that he is not right. Um, I I don't think that Malik Willis and Will Levis right now are is better than what you're getting from Tannehill right now for sure. Now I think if Tannehill really starts to struggle, um, can't seem to find a connection with his receivers for whatever reason, I think you you know and, and you start to lose you start to lose a couple games, um, then. Yeah, and you're sitting here in, in week, you know, 13-14, and you're sitting here at, you know, 5-7 and seven, yeah, okay. or, you know, 4-8, and worst-case scenario, um, then I think, you know, last four or five weeks, maybe you you start to see what you have with Willis and Levis, um, because I think by that point you've probably decided that Tannehill's not your guy. This is his contract year. Right. Um, but I don't see that happening. Um so I, And I, I think until that does happen, you, you have to stick with Tannehill. I, I don't think you're going to get better quarterback play from the, the two other guys that you get. No, you're not. And that's, like,
0: <clears throat> like what I was saying. Like, I had those fair-weather fans sitting behind me. And I, I kid you not, at one point during the second quarter, if Tannehill wasn't handing the ball off to Henry or Spears or connecting with a receiver for a first down, people were yelling to pull him. Like, there was one time where literally he got sacked, and it was because – like, he snapped the ball – The pocket immediately closed around him, and he got sacked. And somebody yells out, pull him! He's awful! And it's like, what do you think Malik Willis would have done there? He'd have died too. (laughs) Like, what are we talking about here? Um, So, yeah, like, like you said, neither of them, I think, are ready at this point to take over this team and lead us to anything better than what Tannehill can. And I, personally, am not ready to throw the season away at this point because of one bad game, like I said. Now... Let's move on to people who probably are ready to throw the whole season away. Um, Let's move on to the topic Justin both wants to forget, but also couldn't come fast enough so he could get his thoughts out there. I'll lead us in, Justin, and then I'll let you you do your thing. Um, So, in case anyone has lived under the rock the past two weeks, the Cincinnati Bengals seem to have forgotten what the brown oblong thing is weeks after making Joe Burrow the highest-paid quarterback in history. I'll quickly sum it up. Uh, before Justin drops the rant of the year. The Bengals' offense is predictable, stagnant, and at this point, downright awful. Like, they have amazing weapons. I mean, arguably the best wide receiver core in the league. Um, And the best quarterback in the league that's not named Joe Burrow. Or, not Joe Burrow. (laughs) That's not named Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, I was reading ahead in my notes. Um, But yeah, so you would think that the Bengals should easily be a contender, right? I sure as hell can't tell. (laughs) <laughs> there, are many things, there aren't many There are many things to say beyond this has been an atrocious start to the year and a season where fans believe truly, I think, that this was their year. I mean, the Chiefs seemed to have a down year last year and won the Super Bowl because of one mistake that the Eagles made, but I definitely think that if the Bengals had been in the Super Bowl, they probably would have won the whole thing. So you all had a lot of reason to believe, hey, this could be our year. It's probably the last year you're going to have all your weapons together. Like It just seems like your year to go and yet here we are, week two, and, I mean, you could make realistic arguments that, like, the Raiders look like a better team than y'all right now, or, like... The, and they just lost by 28. The commanders look like a better team than y'all right now. Um, it's rough. So, yeah, uh, that's where I'm going to end my section. Uh, we've got Taverners Tears coming up later, where he gives his power rankings, not to be confused with Taverners Tears on Sunday. But for now, let's introduce the newest segment directly caused by his Cincinnati Bungles, a segment dubbed Tavner's Tirade. Justin, the floor is yours, and listeners, I apologize in advance for whatever is about to leave this man's mouth. Justin, take it away. You know it's going to be good when he sighs in the beginning.
1: (laughs) I have no words. I... I do have words. It's just it. It's hard for me to fathom. Um, I'm so unbelievably frustrated with this team. I'm and and also I'm so tired of hearing. Oh, we started 0 and 2 last year. Oh, we started 1 and 1 the year before. Oh, we started 0 and 3 in the division. I don't care. I don't care because the difference is is that uh, Joe Burrow was coming off an appendectomy surgery last year. Um, Th- that's probably why he had five turnovers in that Week One game against the Steelers. But it because of that, he was only going to come back stronger. He was only going to continue to come back and be better week after week. He was only going to continue to uh, put that weight that weight back on that he lost from that surgery. He's he 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 strained his calf. Okay, um, and and I'll get into that in a second, but. Unfortunately, the people people saying, Oh, we started O and two, oh, we started O and three in the division last year, that doesn't make it easier to stomach. Because for me, there's so many instances in these past two games where I have watched Joe Burrow miss wide open receivers time after time, uh, because he checks it down to whatever running back is in the game, whether it be Joe Mixon or or whoever, or to to the tight end Irv Smith or or Drew Sample or whoever. we 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 throw he he. he he checks it down to these these running backs and tight ends for two, three yards on third and nine. And I I simply don't understand it. I I, I am struggling to come up with the words to understand this. Because I, I'm not sure if it's if it's Zach Taylor not trusting Joe Burrow. Um and I, I don't know why, because you just paid him two hundred and seventy five million dollars. Why do you not trust him? Or is it Joe Burrow who doesn't trust his calf because he tweaked it, um, or does he not trust his offensive line, who I think he's I think has played exceptionally well, uh, and I, I think they, they've also only given up three sacks this year, which I think that number looks a lot better because Joe Burrow is also leading the league in uh, the quickest time from the snap to uh, his release. I think it's like two point two seconds, and that is a direct result of them throwing these little two three yard dink and dunks, or a little seven yard out route to Jamar, or whatever it is. And what's frustrating is I don't know why we're not getting our playmakers involved. Jamar Chase, I mean, I mean T Higgins had a better game, but he was non existent in that in that Cleveland game. And what's frustrating about that is that all of that Zach Taylor's supposed to be an offensive coach, right? He's supposed to be this offensive genius coming from Sean McVay um, and, and all of this stuff. But what's frustrating is that all of these other offensive head coaches in the league draw plays to get their playmakers involved. Say, those some of the teams that come to mind...
0: actually use their offense. Crazy concept, I know. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So, some teams that come to mind are the Vikings, Justin Jefferson. Their second best option is either their tight end, Hawkinson, who's good, or rookie Jordan Addison. Everybody know, and their run game is non-existent. They ran for, I think it was like 30 yards against the Eagles. Everybody in the building knows that in the fourth quarter, if it's a one-score game, the ball's going to Justin Jefferson. And yet, Kevin O'Connell still finds ways to draw plays to get Justin Justin Jefferson open. Sa- same thing with uh, Mike McDaniel in Miami. Tyreek, they get him involved. They They find, he, even, he, even... Or he he only had I think it was like forty yards against the Patriots. Jalen Waddle still had eighty-three or or whatever he had. Like they that. find ways to get their weapons involved. I am failing to see that this year. And I don't know I I don't know what's changed, but it's frustrating. To me, there is no excuse that anybody can give me right now as to why Jamar Chase has 70 receiving yards this season. Like He's he's supposed to be a top three wide receiver in the league behind probably Justin Jefferson and Tyreek. And he has 70 receiving yards. That to me is inexcusable. There's no reason our best target has 70 receiving yards. And and for me, Zach Taylor as a person, as a motivator, as a locker room guy, he I he's great. He's great. He's been great for the city. He goes to bars after big wins and he hands out game game balls to the city and 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 that kind of stuff. It's awesome. I love it. But the offensive of mind and the play calling is just like I, like I said, I don't have any words for it. It is just unimpressed. And I continue to be unimpressed with him year after year. And, and this has been going on for years. This is not just like a Oh, I'm overreacting because it's been two games. No, 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 this has been going on for years where it is third and eight, we need eight yards, and he throws a little two-yard screen to Joe Mixon, and he gets tackled five yards short of the line. I I don't understand it. Um. And, and as for Joe Burrow's injury, my opinion is that odds are Joe Burrow's not magically going to be 100% by Monday. No. And if that's the case, they need to sit him. Because Aaron Rodgers... Couple months ago, had a random benign calf injury, and he lasted four snaps and tore his Achilles. And to me, I it sucks because the Bengals put themselves in this hole being zero and two, because if you're sitting here at one and one or two and zero, and Joe Burrow has this calf strain, okay, you can actually afford to lose a game, lose lose two games, go two and two, and you would be right back where you were last year. But you're zero and two. You lose another one. I don't know what the odds are of you making the playoffs, going zero and three. But it's not great. <laughs> yeah. It, it it it's it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> teams that go teams that start the season zero and three. Zero and three and plus
0: zero and two in your division. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not looking pretty. And
0: you basically would have to win out, I think, to have a shot at making the playoffs. You'd have to win out or only lose like one game.
1: let say you're you're asking you're asking your team to to make the playoffs. Probably ten or eleven games. So you're asking your team to finish the season going 11 and 3 against the schedule that they have. Good luck. Is not easy. It is not easy. No. And so so what sucks about this is that you can't risk playing him if he's not 100%. Because you just paid him 275 million dollars and you you ha- it sucks because ultimately you have to protect him long term. You have to protect the investment that you just made on him long term. Even if that means intentionally sitting him because he's only at 75%, it it sucks, it's not pretty, nobody wants that, but if that means that week seven he comes back and he's healthy and they can potentially go on a run, then so be it. And unfortunately, if you can't trust their backups are Jake Browning or Will Greer, Um, exactly, If if you can't trust either of those two guys to come in and just keep you afloat. And and, and to me, you should be able to trust one of those two guys, given a week's preparation, to come in with the weapons that you have, with the defense that you should have, they have not played particularly well, Um, but with the team that you have, they should be able to come in and keep you afloat against the Rams team that should be inferior to you. And... If that's not the case, if though if neither of those guys are able to do that, then to me this team is not nearly as good as we were being told it was in the preseason or this coaching staff is not nearly as good as we thought. And something something has to change with this team and they are running out of time for it to change because looking at the schedule that they have coming up, I would say that they have... Three what should be surefire wins the entire rest of the way, and that's the Colts, the Cardinals, and the Texans. Other than and and, and even still winning games in the NFL is not easy, so it's not like they're going to be pushovers. Th- those are those are three games that you should win regardless of who's playing quarterback. The other, what is that? Twelve games that you have on the on the schedule. It's tough teams. It's the Ravens again. It's the Browns again. It's the Steelers twice. It's the te- it's the Titans. It's it's uh the bills it's the chiefs it's the 49ers it's the viking they have a tough schedule so they need to figure out what's wh- how to change this and they need to figure it out fast because it they they don't have time to to figure this out no they don't and going on a 10 game win streak like they did last year doesn't just magically happen no it, it I mean... it's it, it's not it's not common for that to happen. That's why teams don't do it. I know it wasn't like a win so, streak,
0: but I mean the Vikings went eleven and zero uh, in one score games last year, and I mean look at them now—they're zero and two.
1: Yeah, they're zero and two in one score yeah. games. So, uh, and I think yeah, that, that's that's my rant. Yeah,
0: and I think <laughs> to bring up a good point is like you know, like you said, last year y'all started out zero and two, but there were still things to build on. You know, like there were there were moments in those zero and two starts where you were like, okay, like. You know, I see something here. This could still turn into something. You know, obviously the Ravens game ended 27-24, but I think you and I would both agree that game was never really close. Like that score no. makes it so And, like and
1: it I, I've, I've told you this. I've told you this. Being at the game, uh, the Ravens got the ball first, uh, went right down the field, and scored a touchdown in the first. I think they took eight minutes off the clock. And the immediate next possession by the Bengals, uh, they went three and yeah. out. And from that moment, the Bengals punting, from that moment, I never once had faith that the Bengals were going to be able to come back and win this game because they showed no signs of having any competency when it came to moving the ball until it got to the second half and they had already dug themselves a hole.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, I I completely agree. I mean, Riley has Joe Burrow on her fantasy team, and we we were checking the stats, and he had what, like, Thirty yards at halftime yeah yeah
1: through six quarters he had i think it was like 114 passing yards through six yeah, quarters and i'll just
0: reiterate this is the highest paid quarterback in the in nfl history like yep i know it's obviously not all on burrow but like at some point man you gotta you gotta live up to that hype it's just like the criticisms that we get we've given justin herbert like at some point you gotta live up to the media hype man And Colin Cowherd is famous for saying, like, oh, you know, uh, NFL windows are short and they close fast. And I think my worry for your team is that this window that they had for Super Bowl, they might have closed it themselves. Um,
1: Yeah. And and unfortunately, I mean, with the weapons that they have with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase – you're probably not going to be able to pay them both. You, no, I mean, there's no probably um, there.
0: You can't pay them both. Joe Burrow would have had to have <laughs> taken like $150 million to have a shot at paying both of them.
1: My my guess is that um, the Bengals will, will probably, hopefully, franchise tag T. Higgins uh, after they sign Jamar at, at the end of this year. Um, I, I, ho- I hope that they're smart enough to franchise tag T. Higgins um, I think I saw that the franchise tag for a wide receiver is probably going to be about twenty three million. Oh wow! Um, yeah, uh, and then after that, I would be genuinely shocked if uh, if they kept him after the end of next year. So, I to me, it's they have until then to win a Super Bowl um, yeah. because whatever wide receiver two you have, if that happens to be Tyler Boyd stepping up, or if that happens to be a guy that you draft. Um, or happens to be a guy from the practice squad that you bring up, um, whoever it might be, it's not going to be T. Higgins. No.
0: And I, w- I will say it's some – I want to end this kind of on a lighter note. The The Bengals did show – like, it, it was too late. Like, there's no argument there. They did show some signs of life towards the end of that Ravens game. Like, there, there is a little bit to build off of there. I, I'm completely, but what I'm sucks completely is that... with you that it's – at this point, it's like – whoop de doo you know we're 0-2 and y'all look like garbage for the first two games like I'm completely with you there Um, but there is at least a little bit there and the other thing I will say is that your Super Bowl window I do agree with um, the assessments that have been made of like Joe Burrow or like the things that Colin Cowherd is saying where your Super Bowl window will be open as long as he is the quarterback there because I do think that he has the potential to be that Mahomes tier level quarterback I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's, he's in his own head or it's Zach Taylor or what the issue is, but, you know, he figures it out. I mean, he's proven he is a top two to three quarterback in the league. So you all will at least be a threat The ent- his entire career, provided he stays healthy and has just some semblance of a team around him. But the window for the Bengals to be, like, a surefire, oh, yeah, they should easily be an AFC championship team. I think that window is coming to a close very fast.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, fun fact before we end this. Joe Burrow, uh, in weeks one and two in his career, uh, is a combined one and seven. Hmm.
0: So I guess there is a, there yeah. is some optimism there. Then he's never been historically good in weeks one and two, and I mean he has a pretty impressive resume, but until up until then, so. Um.
1: <clears throat> just just gonna depend on his health and how, how his calf is. I agree. Uh,
0: one final question for you before we move on: Do you think Zach Taylor's on the hot seat this year? Do you think that if the Bengals say they do miss the playoffs or or they don't achieve what they need to achieve, do you think he's gone?
1: Um. After this year, I would be shocked. Um. But I think if, if somehow, uh, this team doesn't make the playoffs this year and the same thing next year, like if they somehow don't make the playoffs two years in a row, um, then I think yes. So I I, I think at the end of next year, okay. So. Um, if they if they have underachieved both years, uh, but then then I think yes. Uh, but I think as of right now, Zach Taylor has probably built up enough um, credibility as a coach um, to to at least keep his job through this year. I would okay, say. Okay, so you do. So uh, you do
0: think that he at least is safe through this year, provided they don't just like go zero and seventeen.
1: <laughs> yeah, if they go zero and seventeen, then he he might not make it. Justin, the year. if they
0: go zero and seventeen, you'll pack up his office and move, remove him yourself. <laughs> Um,
1: if they go, Owen 17 week 17 or week 18 or whatever it is of Tavner's tirade. Oh boy. <laughs> it's not, no. it, it wouldn't even be that bad. Go, it would be a celebration. If they
0: go, Owen 17, I feel like you just wouldn't, sh- I would just have to do that week of the podcast myself.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: you, you'd call in sick to a, a show we do for fun. Anyway. Um, yeah. So from one painful topic onto the another, onto the next, um, on to the nether. Wow. Uh, let's move on. You tried. Yeah, I did. That okay. The Browns and the Steelers treated us to a horrendous showing of offense with approximately 92 turnovers in the first half. Uh, somehow harder to watch than that, um, Nick Chubb was hit by Minka Fitzpatrick and it bent his knee in an angle that you'd need calculus to solve, ending his, se- ending his season. We haven't heard the official report on exactly what the extent of the injury is, but it was so atrocious that it wasn't even replayed during the game. Uh, You and I have seen the clips that have been posted, and I'm not exaggerating. That is probably the most disgusting knee injury I've ever seen in my life. Um, So, Justin, my question for you, how significant is the Nick Chubb injury to the Browns' season? Is their season over, or do you think Deshaun Watson can get back to the form he used to be and lead this team despite losing his RB1?
1: Um... Yeah, I think, man, if you're a Browns fan, I honestly I am so sorry for you. Um, if there was a player on your team that didn't deserve this, um, or you didn't want this to happen to, it, it's gotta be Nick Chubb. Um everything that I have heard about him, he's he's a great guy. Um, I, I don't think I've ever heard a bad thing about him. Um so it man, you like as much as I hate the Browns because they're in our division. Um, you, you never want to see something like that happen to, to a player. Um, especially, especially a player of Nick Chubb's caliber. Um, because it, if, if you've seen that video, it is, I mean, it is gruesome. Um, knees are not supposed to bend that way. Um, and you, you just pray that it is not, you, you pray that it's only season ending. And you you pray that it that that's not a career ending game because Nick Chubb is a top three running back, oh, easily. and you, you just you have to hope that that is not a career ending injury because that that's the same knee that he injured in well, college. Yeah. I think it was like twenty twenty fifteen. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, where he 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 tore his ACL, MCL, and PCL. I yeah, believe. Yeah, it, it, it was um, it was
0: uh, yeah MCL, ACL, and uh, PCL. He dislocated his knee uh he basically didn't have a leg <laughs> yeah um so
1: just uh, you, you just you just hope that you know it's not career ending um but as, as for the browns i mean at, last night was was rough oh, yeah you you would think uh you you would think that with that happening, that it would kind of galvanize your team and that you would want to rally, sorry, uh, rally around that and and go out there and and kind of win that game for him. Um, but it just... Man, I don't know what's up with this offense. I don't know what's up with Deshaun Watson, um, but he is just all out of sorts. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, when you're... First of all, the, the Browns' defense is <coughs> the Browns' defense is legit. I mean, they are legit. They sure twenty six points. The Steelers scored fourteen of those through their defense.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say they scored they scored fourteen of those because, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson threw a pass that was caught, fumbled somehow, and picked up, and yet that was an interception. It was bobbled. Bobbled. It looked like it hit the ground yeah. and then he picked it up. Or am I thinking of Kenny Pickett?
1: No, it, no, it. It was Bob One of the two
0: guys threw a pass. It like hit the receiver. The receiver turned and ran, and then it got like punched out of his hands, hit the ground, and then it got picked up, and they called that an interception. But I couldn't remember if that was Deshaun Watson or Kenny Pickett who got that one. But either way, it might have been Pickett's because yeah, because uh, Deshaun Watson.
1: But uh, I think this. This team's success is going to come down to whether or not Deshaun Watson can get back to what he was in Houston. I don't know what's changed. Um, I don't know what's changed is he, was but away unfortunately, for like two years. Uh, exactly. Unfortunately, it, you know, he was just away for for two years, and and it sucks because it's not like he had a shoulder injury where you can look and say, oh, well, that that messed up his mechanics, and that you know he, he's still trying to recover. No, he he just. He just hasn't played, and you, you you hoped that the what was it five games last year. <coughs> um, you you hoped that 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 would kind of help him shake the rust off. Um, but I mean, kind of the same thing with the Bengals not playing in preseason. You, you, this is the result. Um, yeah, I mean the Browns' defense is is good; they're legit. Um. So, but this team, you kind of, you, you kind of went into the season thinking, hey, if there's going to be a year, this is it. I mean, you you know, especially after week one where you where you went in and and you beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals convincingly, and you know you're kind of thinking like, hey, we get we have Deshaun Watson, we have Amari Cooper, um, you know, the, the, these are games last night was a game that the Browns have to win. Oh, absolutely. they have, they have to, win to win that, that game. game.
0: I mean, literally both you, teams you tried so You you cannot lose to
1: Kenny Pickett. That, yeah. <laughs> you you can't lose to Kenny Pickett. You, you Wait, just can't. For what it's not worth, not when you're Deshaun Watson. If
0: he lost to TJ Watt, I don't necessarily think he lost to Kenny Pickett, but go on.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I yeah. But still, he did get the ball back twice with under 7 minutes left. Down by 4 points. Both, both times had a chance to go down and win the game and could not move the
0: well, ball. Well, I will say, too, his offensive line sold hard on him, at least at the end of the game. I didn't get to watch all of the game. I didn't really tune in until after the Chubb injury, but um, like his offensive line definitely let him down at the end of the game because at least both of the third down plays where they lost the ball, it was like Deshaun Watson would drop back and then would immediately have black and yellow jerseys trying to grab onto him. Um, so... I, yeah, it was just kind of a colossal failure by Cleveland's offense a week after they had a slightly less colossal failure on offense. I know that they beat the Bengals, yeah. and you say it was convincingly, but, I mean, they did almost absolutely nothing, too, until you know, they just happened to score those touchdowns. But I don't – the thing is – and here is a question that I thought of like as you were talking. I didn't have it written down initially, but the Browns missed the playoffs again this year. How, how does that uh, getting rid of Baker Mayfield, who took you to the playoffs and won a playoff game against a division rival, who, which they hadn't done in 900 years or whatever it was, how bad does that move look now?
1: Um, I, I think that also kind of depends on Baker Mayfield's success in Tampa Bay, which right, which right now, right now he's has Tom Brady, of... right? <laughs> like, it's, it's
0: so <laughs> um...
1: Yeah. Um I I don't know. I mean, that, I mean Baker Mayfield as much as I hate him, <laughs> he did do something great for Cleveland. Um I just think his time in Cleveland was up. Uh That's I, I just don't think that while he was in Cleveland he was ever he, he ever acted like an adult. No. You know? I mean, um I I think now He's probably realized, like, hey, if I if I mess up this opportunity in Tampa, um, I I might not get another. So I I think he's he's finally realized that. Um, but I I think at at the end of the day, his his time in Cleveland was up. Um. I I think if if the Browns can't find a way to make the playoffs this year, um. When do they start regretting giving Deshaun Watson $250 million? Guaranteed. Yeah. Like,
0: I just – I don't – yeah, I don't understand, dude. Like, Deshaun Watson, I think when he went out, when he was still in Houston, before he sat out for a year and then missed a year because, well, we all know why he missed a year. Um, like, I think you could argue he was a top three quarterback in the league. Like I think yep. you could generally make genuinely make an argument for that. He single handedly carried them Texans to. What was it? Was it the divisional round or the wild card round they lost?
1: Um, I think it was the divisional round, or no, it was the wild card round because he lost them home. Yeah,
0: but they went up what thirty? Because they were up like 20, twenty-seven, nothing twenty-four, to nothing, or something like that, and then ended up getting beat five million to thirty-one. Um, yeah, but. You know, Deshaun Watson, when he went out, was a top-three quarterback. And so it's like, you know, if that's the Deshaun Watson you're getting when he comes back, I think you justify that $250 million guaranteed all day long. Like, I don't think there's any question there. Like, Baker Mayfield, I think, was a great – not great, maybe strong, but he was a good quarterback in Cleveland. I think he played well for them, and he did show a lot of heart his last year there. He played hurt, right? I mean, he tra- he wanted the team to win. He thought that he could help them win. You know, at some point, I think you have to look at that and be like, mm, I'm not playing my best. Maybe I should sit out and let somebody else take the reins here. But, like, ultimately, I think Baker Mayfield had, like, the best intentions. I think Cleveland did him very dirty with that move. Um, but at the same time, I can't blame Cleveland if they're getting the Houston Deshaun Watson. Like, you make that trade all day, right? Like, there's only yeah, there's only a handful of quarterbacks you don't answer a call for, and that's like Mahomes, Burrow, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um you know Jalen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar. Although even Lamar, they were answering calls for this year.
1: Well, so. it's because originally he wanted to be traded.
0: Yeah. Well. Again, we can. That's a different topic for a different day. But yeah, um, and so it's just it's so hard. Like I, I genuinely coming from a Titans fan. I know I don't have much to celebrate either. But at least my team has won the AFC North more recently than the Browns. Um, you just. It's almost like how I felt for the Jets fans last week with Aaron Rodgers. You just you you start to feel a little bad for the fans because it's like you've watched your team be straight garbage for 30 something years now and then it's like, oh hey, we've got Deshaun Watson. We have a chance to be something special. And through this is his 7th game now, right? Cuz it was 5 last year and then 2 Definitely this so. year. Through 7 games, man. I they might as well as sign uh, you know, they might as well have signed Jacoby Brissett. I mean <laughs> like he might honestly be better. Kept kept this Jacoby point. Brissett.
1: Do what he, they may as well have just kept him because he was he was their quarterback. Yeah.
0: But that's what I'm saying. They might as well have just sign him to an extension and kept him. Or,
1: yeah. Heck, they
0: could have signed Jameis. They could've signed Nick Foles. Like there are plenty of guys they could have signed signed to do what Deshaun's doing. So it's just yeah. hard. Um real quick just to wrap up for the Steelers, um, they got to figure out that offense, man.
1: I mean, oh, it's ugly. Najee, it's ugly. Najee
0: has been a non-factor aside from a couple of explosive plays. George Pickens is supposed to be a good wide receiver, too. I didn't even know he was on the field until that. Like, he had one or two good catches in that game, and then the rest of the time it was... I mean, he had that
1: 70-plus yard reception for a touchdown.
0: Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, outside of that, he was a non-factor. And I'm not saying that that's something that should be discounted, but you know what I mean? Like... Good, like they're a really good receiver. like Justin Jefferson. It's not you see him catch one ball for seventy yards. He's getting targeted a lot. He like and he's catching a lot. Pickens wasn't. I mean, he was before that seventy yard pass. He had me like three or four fantasy points because he was like two for eight on targets versus catches. Like it was just rough. Um,
1: yeah, uh, I, I think the their biggest problem is they just they have not figured out their offensive line. No, and their and, line is garbage. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. And, they look like the
0: you, Titans for a bit. You you
1: you see that theme uh, pop up a lot with defensive coaches like Mike Thomas. Oh yeah. You know where where they struggle to get the offensive line right. They struggle to get the the run game going. I mean, it's the same thing in, in Buffalo. That's the same thing. Uh, I mean, able. I know they. Yeah, yeah, they they struggle to get the run game going because they have a defensive coach, right? Um. Uh. Yeah. So.
0: A lot of Steelers, I think, a lot, of, a lot more questions than answers after a, a lucky win uh, carried by your defense.
1: Man, we have talked for 40 minutes just about the Titans, Bengals, and Browns well, Steelers. For
0: what it's worth, those were three huge headlines. Um, yeah. Well, huge mostly to us, but the Browns one definitely was a big headline. Um, on that note, though, let's move on, shall we? Uh, Broncos country, let's ride straight to another L. Uh, Russell Wilson had actually a pretty solid game, but it wasn't enough as the two-point conversion had a pass interference that wasn't actually pass interference but should have been um, to end the game, 35-33. More notably, the Broncos' defense gave up 35 points, and yet all the talk is about how Russell Wilson's washed, it's horrible, everything. Justin, I generally don't know what to make of the Broncos, man. Um, I feel like they absolutely have a good enough team to make some noise, but... It's like they don't realize that they do. <laughs> um, you know, I know it's week 2 under a new coach, but Sean Payton was preached all offseason as the savior of the Broncos and yet they look slightly more le- or they look slightly less mediocre than last year. Like, I mean, I don't know how much of the blame would you put on Russell Wilson?
1: Um, I I, I don't know. I mean, for all of last year, uh, and even, even week one against the Raiders, it felt like the offense just was non-existent. Um, the, the defense would play amazing and the offense couldn't score more than six points. Um, and, and that happened last week against the Raiders. They lost 17 to 16. And you're telling me you can't put up more than 16 points against a Raiders defense that just gave up 38 to the Bills?
0: Right. Like,
1: like that's, that's what's frustrating. Um, but then they go out and score 38 or th- not 38 33 against the Commanders defense who is actually supposed to be pretty good but this time their defense gives up 35 to <laughs> i mean uh, uh, this game in particular I don't think you can put too much of it on Russell Wilson yeah. I mean for for me any game that you score 30 plus you should win that game you
0: you expect to win that
1: game 9 times out of 10 you, 9 times out of 10 you should win that game 10 times out of 10 you should expect to win that right. game. Like if you're going out there scoring 30 plus as an offense as a quarterback you did your job. Exactly. You know as as long as as long as he's not going out there and and throwing seven picks which he didn't you know you you did your job going out there scoring 33. Um. But um if you're a Broncos fan, I don't know how you're not just mortified right now. I mean, you had a 21-3 lead with two minutes left in the first half against Sam Howell. I and wait, wait, you wait, let wait, wait, him throw hold on. Hold
0: on. That wasn't Joe Montana.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, shocking. Are you sure? Um, <laughs> but they did let him throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns <laughs> while also giving up over 100 rushing yards. I mean, this was as complete of a disaster for me, if I'm the Broncos, as I've ever seen. That, that, it, I it, mean, is, it is like, nearly
0: like, as bad as, like, Monday night football, the season opener, uh, or Thursday night football, the season opener last year. Or, no, that was Monday night, where we had the Broncos and the Seahawks, and you saw Nathaniel Hackett run 50 seconds off the clock before calling a timeout. Like, it was as colossal of a failure as that. The exception is it was coaching last year and it was defense this year. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I, I don't know what the next move is for this team, but in a division and a conference as loaded as this is, they got to figure it out and they got to figure it out fast. I agree. Because they, 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 similar to the Bengals, don't have a lot of time to write to the shit. Right.
0: Um, I will say, uh, for the Broncos at least, I do feel optimistic about my offense. I mean, last year, they just – they did not score anything. I mean, how many games did we watch where we were like, oh, gosh, get this off my screen. Like, that Colts – I mean, it was 13-6, 16-7. That Colts-Broncos like, game they, last they, year that was 12-9 to 9 in overtime, that was one of the worst, the worst football game games I I've, I've ever watched. watched. Maybe second only <laughs> to that Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Rams.
1: 10-3. to 3. Yeah. Um,
0: Like, I think – I think the first two weeks here have been some growing pains. In all honesty, I think it was more of the offense not being coherent under Sean Payton in Week One, and then the, I think maybe there was an overemphasis on offense. And so then, like the offense was really good, and then the defense was like, our offense has it. We've got we're up twenty-one to three. We don't have to play as hard. Um, I definitely think that. Well, I'm not gonna say definitely because eh, it's the Broncos we're talking about here. Um. But I think that there is reason to believe that they have a chance to right the ship. Like you, there at least, unlike unfortunately with the Bengals, at least you can kind of see a direction forward here. Like okay, we had hyper offense this week, we had hyper defense last week for the most part. Like let's let's meet that in the middle.
1: Now you just gotta put it. Yeah, you just gotta put it yeah. together. At this we point. just gotta
0: we just gotta put it together. I think that the I think that the makings of a good team are there. It's just gonna take a little bit to get that done. My thought on the Broncos is that I don't think this is a year in which they're going to do anything, but I think that they have a chance to maybe make some noise next year, assuming Russell Wilson doesn't get like hurt severely and still plays like, at, as what he's capable of. Right. Um, a follow-up question, are the Commanders good?
1: Um, you will find out my opinion on that in just a second. Awesome,
0: awesome. <laughs> I just, you know, like like you said, Sam Howell. I mean, Tom Brady. I mean, Joe. Ma- Sam Howell. Um, like, what?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, I granted, he's
0: got some decent weapons. Like, Terry McLaurin is really good, and um,
1: Jahan Dotson. Jahan
0: Dotson. Yeah, I don't know. Is Curtis Samuel still on that team? Oh. Uh, uh, I, mean, I think so. I I, I couldn't tell, but and, like they have some decent pieces, and I mean Brian Robinson went off for two hundred million fantasy points this week. Like they they've got some good. And
1: they've got a good defense tools, too.
0: And they've got a good defense.
1: They've got they've got a good front seven.
0: Like I I know, like you said, we we'll get into this a little bit more later, but Philly hasn't impressed me this year so far. They're not a topic, but I just wanted to touch on this real quick because we're talking about an NFC East team right now. Philly hasn't impressed me much to this point in the season. Uh, I know they're 2-0, and but, like, I, I think that they are some bad luck away from me. They could easily be 0-2 right now. Like, I genuinely kind of feel that way about them. Um, I could see that. And then th- This is just a possibly an overreaction um but could you potentially see the commanders making a sneaky wild card uh bid this year? Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I would not be shocked if they, especially in an NFC that I think is particularly weak, um I think they can make some noise in in in, in the wild card.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So, um I think that will do. For all of our topics, um, some stuff that didn't make it. Alabama dropped out of the top ten, and college football for the first time in forever. Um, eight years. Eight years. Okay, yeah. Um, and then Colorado is suddenly a football powerhouse in the span of a year because of uh, you know Coach Prime. And
1: um, I there is one thing that I wanted to talk about with that. Um, I don't know if you've seen but the 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 player that hit Travis Hunter. Oh yeah. yeah. Um and and prayers up to Travis Hunter cuz he's uh currently he he has a, a, a lacerated liver um uh, because of that hit. Um that young man from Colorado State was receiving death threats. Um yeah, that's because stupid. of that hit. Right. So and stupid.
0: don't send people death threats to me
1: to me it, it it's a game yeah. it's a game of football and and the the hit that he laid on Travis Hunter while it was dirty it was not outside of the realm of football yeah. like hits like that happen all the time it wasn't
0: vintage i'm not saying on antonio brown like it was
1: but even that's still in the game of football it was it wasn't extra <laughs> I, i'm not saying it was, i'm not saying it was a clean play but it's within the game you know, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not defending. I'm not saying it was a clean play, but it's within the game. It's not like he, you know, stabbed him with a knife <laughs> oh on television. Like, that that's not what happened. So, I, it's so frustrating uh, to me that, that this kid who's uh, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, whatever it is, is receiving death threats because of this. I mean, that's just, come on. <laughs> that's not cool.
0: No. Um, that's not
1: cool. I know we're getting a little bit out. of... No, it's okay. You know, I not brought it up about the NFL. I brought anymore. it up, and
0: I mean, this is a sports show. It doesn't just have to be the NFL. Um, I will say. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the
1: NBA when it when it comes. Yeah, out. I did
0: see that Travis Hunter said actually on his little. He has a little live stream that he does, and he did say like even he didn't have any hard feelings for the Colorado State player. Like it was, it was, it was football. Like that kind of stuff happens. He wasn't upset with him, and that people need to stop sending death threats. And I agree. Don't send death threats to players. Like it's not cool. Don't do it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. All yeah, right. Without further ado, let's get on to Taverners T-I-E-R-S, tears, um, instead of tears, T-E-A-R-S, um, <laughs> after the Bengals <laughs> came on Sunday. Uh, Justin, take us away, my man.
1: All right. Uh, first section here, uh, 32, I have the Arizona Cardinals, um, 31, got the Houston Texans, uh, 30, the Carolina Panthers. 29, I have the Denver Broncos. 28, the Chicago Bears. 27, the New England Patriots. And 26, the Las Vegas Raiders. <clears throat> um, a team from this section, at 31, I got the Texans. Uh, really quick, I just want to give a shout-out to CJ Stroud. Uh, I mean, he threw for probably the quietest 384 yards in league history. Um, I, I have not seen a single person talk about this. Um they were
0: down a million. But
1: I think... It, it, well, yeah. But I think if I'm, if I'm a Texans fan, even though they lost, I think you have a lot to look at from this game and like about this game. Um, and, and let's be honest, they're at 31. They're not a good team. No. <laughs> but on the flip side of that, nobody expected them to be. It's not like they had these expectations to be really good and, you know, this is what we're getting. Um, but the performance that they're getting from their rookie quarterback is super encouraging. They are rebuilding. Um and I also think that Nico Collins is going to be a stud in this league. I think give them time, give them a couple years, because I think that's how long it's going to take. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if you know if three years from now the Texans are a good team, as long as they continue to draft well and, uh, and C.J. Stroud continues his development.
0: Yeah, um, I will say I actually had a shock from this section from you. Uh, this is my, my quick take on this, but I think the Chicago Bears might be too high. But continue.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> at twenty, I have them at twenty-eight, but that's simply—I uh, don't know.
0: Go ahead, we can talk. About I, I, that,
1: but... I, I, yeah, yeah, all right. Um, coming to twenty-five, I have the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, twenty-four, I have the New York Giants. At twenty-three, I have their counterpart, the New York Jets. At twenty-two, I have the Green Bay Packers, and at twenty-one, I have the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Talk about a fall from grace for the Jets
1: yeah Um, team from this section at 21 I got the Vikings Uh, man I I have to we've talked about this I am so tired of the Kirk Cousins slander I'm so tired of it and I get that you know oh he crumbles under the bright light but this game in particular was not his fault no he was not the problem. Dude, he had he like threw 30, for yeah. 360 yards and four touchdowns. Like he
0: had 30 fantasy points. He's like the single reason that uh my wife Riley lost our fantasy her fantasy matchup
1: this week. <laughs> exactly. I I don't know what more he has to do. That his team turned the ball over four times. None of them were his fault because they were all fumbles. He he threw for 364 yards, completing 70% of his passes with a 125 rating. He went out there and did what he could with the cards that he was dealt. It is not his fault that his run game is non-existent and his team forgot how to hold on to the ball. But yeah, that's my rant about the Vikings. I don't like the Kirk Cousins slander. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, I don't think he's a quarterback that can single-handedly win you a Super Bowl. But I think he's a quarterback thing that can single-handedly win you a division.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um so, yeah. I just saw. Sorry, I just saw that. Uh... ESPN released their power rankings, and they have your Bengals at 18. Uh, continue.
1: All right, uh, coming in at 20, I have the Cleveland Browns. Uh, 19, I have the Washington Commanders. So that answers that. Your, that answers that question. Uh, 18, I have the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, 17, I have the Seattle Seahawks, and 16, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, team from this group, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, coming in at 18 uh they continue to impress me um i think Bijan robinson is the real deal he is legit (laughs) um and i think desmond ritter a fun fact about him he in college and the nfl uh has never lost at home he is 26 and 0 at home in college and 4 and 0 at home uh in in atlanta um just fun fact but I think he's a, I think he's a good quarterback. Um, I think is if he continues to develop, he can be a B B plus quarterback. Um, yeah, I, I'm really gonna enjoy this week's matchup between them and the Lions. Uh, I think they got a shot. Heck yeah! I'm not saying I ex- I expect them to win, but I wouldn't be shocked if they went in there and and won that game.
0: Um, real quick, a funny a funny that I saw because I think you had the Browns at what twenty and then you had the uh bucks at 15 or 16 okay so i saw a post earlier that said baker mayfield leads Deshaun watson in every key quarterback metric passing yards touchdown passes yards per attempt completion percentage passer rating penalties interception and treating women with respect and dignity
1: (laughs) (laughs) the last one's real important it is
0: um yeah i definitely think tampa bay (laughs) it has to be the shock of this group um I mean, well, okay, Atlanta is a good one, too, but I think Tampa Bay just, you know, everybody wrote them off. Tom Brady retires, and, I mean, we were all making memes and jokes about the Kyle Trask versus Baker Mayfield quarterback battle, and yet here they are. Baker Mayfield actually looks like a solid, solid quarterback, and the Bucs are, like, primed to be, like, a top seven team in the NFC. Not that that's saying much. (laughs) Continue on.
1: Uh, coming in at 15, i got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, 14, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, 13, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, 12, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. And coming in at number 11, I have the Tennessee yes, Titans. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> Figured you'd like that one. Um, team from this section is the Chargers. I wanted to th- kind of touch on them. Uh, I think Brandon Staley is very, very close to being done here in L.A. Um, I don't understand how, as a defensive head coach, he has a terrible defense. Yeah, that doesn't make any and sense. I, I don't want to take any credit away from the Titans' offense or the Dolphins' offense. Um, I think they're good offenses. Um, like I said, I think Tanhoe played well. I think the the two headed monster between Derrick Henry and Tyreek Spears is going to be a force. But this team has lost four consecutive games dating back to last year by a total of nine points. They lost by three to the Broncos uh, in the last game of the regular season. They lost by one to the Jags in a colossal, colossal collapse.
0: 27, in the 27 AFC. nothing at halftime, and you lose that game.
1: Yeah, in the in the AFC uh, Wildcard round, um, they lose by two to the Dolphins, and then they lose on a, a walk-off field goal to the Titans. Um, man, if they, if I'm the Chargers. Uh this game against the Vikings is do or die. If they can't go win this game against a whole riddled defense, uh, I I think the grumblings of Brandon Staley's time in LA um are gonna are gonna get louder and I would be shocked if uh, if they don't make the playoffs, he will not be the coach.
0: No, I'm with you and I wanna real quickly highlight the chargers as well actually because i was critical of um i've been critical of uh, justin herbert in the past um i was i was very loud at the whole oh well he's been touted as a top two three five quarterback in the league he needs to go out and play like it he has played like it the problem is his defense let to a throw for four thousand yards in one game um his defense let Tannehill on the titans i mean let us hang around all game and I mean, yeah, like his O line kind of let him down a little bit. He got sacked several times in the second half, and that led to uh, led to um, us tying the game. And then, uh, well, they actually tied the game to go into overtime. But then we we stopped him on fourth down and overtime, or we stopped him on third down and overtime, and then kicked the game winning field goal. Like, like you said, Brandon Staley, defensive coach, your defense is terrible. It doesn't make any sense, and I'm honestly quite shocked that he's still there. Um, but I think I think.
1: Yeah, I I was shocked that he didn't get fired this yeah, year. Yeah, but to get or, or at the end of last year.
0: Yeah, but I say all that just to say I've been hard on Justin Herbert in the past, and I want to give him his flowers. He's playing well this season. I think their offense is playing well this season. Um, He just needs his O-line to step up a bit, and he needs his defense to remember that they are actually on the field. Yeah, Continue, my friend.
1: All right, top 10. Uh, Coming in at number 10, I got the Detroit Lions. Um... I think even though they lost this game to Seattle at home, this offense still proved that – I mean, they put up 31 points. Like I said, you put up 30, you, you expect to win those games. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but I, I think that – I'm really excited to see the emergence of Jameer Gibbs. Uh, he saw a 21% increase in snap share uh, and, and seven more touches than what he saw in week one. And with David Montgomery's sideline for the foreseeable future um, – Uh, I think this week and and moving forward that the Lions are going to show why they drafted him. And Um, I've got
0: him on my fantasy team. Yeah. Uh,
1: But I will say the one thing I am concerned about is they just lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And I believe Amon Ra is going to be sidelined, I think, with a hamstring issue for at least a couple weeks. But, yeah, Detroit Lions, Ted. I like it. I don't really have anything to add, so go ahead. Uh coming to number nine, I have the New Orleans Saints. Um this one for me, uh I, I'm jumping them this much because I, I think it was an a more of an indictment on me underrating them. Um I, I don't think I truly knew how good this team was. Um but this defense is legit. They are legit. Um, uh, the the offense hasn't looked amazing. Uh you can tell there's there's still growing pains between Derek Carr and Chris Olave and Michael Thomas and Rashid Shaheed. Um but it is getting better. Uh and and not only that, but they're gonna get Alvin Kamara back in the next couple weeks. And I I think this this team's just going to continue to get better and better as Derek Carr meshes with his wide receivers, so uh, New Orleans Saints at nine.
0: I like it. Um, yeah, I definitely think. I mean, I don't blame you for underrating the Saints. I mean, anytime you go from Drew Brees to whatever they've been the last couple of years to picking up Derek Carr, who has historically underachieved, um, I think there's reason to doubt them, especially with you know Kamara being out and just lots of questions there. Um, but yeah, no, I think that. Their offense is starting to mesh a little bit. Uh, I mean, we saw some big plays, and um, like you said, I think they'll they'll continue to get better. So I don't have any problems with it.
1: Uh, all right, coming to number eight, I got the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think this was a much, much-needed win against a very inferior opponent in the, in the Raiders. Um, I thought Josh Allen looked much more comfortable out there. Uh, it, it didn't seem to me like he was forcing things. Uh, he threw for you know 275 yards and three touchdowns. But what I liked most about this is that he didn't have to be Superman for them to go out and dominate. He only ran the ball three times. And to me, if the Bills can find ways to utilize Josh Allen's talent without asking him to you know put put the team on his back and and win it himself, then this is, more often than not is going to be the result that you get. So uh, yeah, Buffalo Bills at eight.
0: I like it. Um, I agree with you. I think that um, keeping Josh Allen's usage not at a hundred percent is key. Um, I mean, we saw we saw um, last week in their they their loss to the Jets. I mean, it was just that he did too much, right? I mean, and like we said, they live by Josh Allen, they die by Josh Allen. I think that them being able to spread out the spread out the load a little bit more, I'd like to see them run more with James Cook. Um, but
1: I mean, he, he had over one hundred rushing yards. He did. So, I'd like to see um, that. That's why I w- that's why I was really impressed with this. With this, yeah, moment. I'd
0: like to see that trend continue. Um,
1: yeah, especially after
0: a lackluster first game with James Cook, where he ran for what thirty something, forty something, maybe he had fifty, but I don't remember.
1: I think he was in the fifties, but barely. Yeah,
0: but still, regardless, um, yeah, I, I like I like the direction they're headed. Um, a lot more, a lot more to see though before I would really move them above where they're at. But go ahead.
1: Yeah. Uh, coming to number seven, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, I think this offense just has to continue to get its feet under it. Um, you know, se- second year for, for Trevor Lawrence under Doug Peterson. Um, but, you know, he's only played two games with Calvin Ridley. I think they need more time to, to kind of mesh with each other. Um, to me, I also think – I, I think this offense would very much benefit from – Getting Travis Etienne more involved. Um, I know that was tough to do because I felt like they were playing from behind pretty much the entire game. Um, but all in all, uh, I think this is a tough loss at home. But it's you know it's to the Chiefs. It's a good team. It's Andy Reid. Patrick Holmes. Um, but this team definitely has easy wins on its schedule coming up. So for me, I think this loss. Uh, no need to panic if if I'm if I'm the Jags. So uh Jags at seven
0: yeah I think that uh I think that the Jags it was odd because it was never like a blowout but it felt like a blowout at the same time like truly both of those teams for the vast majority of that game like were trying very hard to lose that game and then Patrick Mahomes was like wait I'm Patrick Mahomes touchdown touchdown <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like that's that's truly how that felt like um like you said I don't think you panic if you're the Jags um I think it's You have some concerns with the way that that performance went, but at the same time, like you said, it's a good team. Um, It's still early. I don't think there's any reason to overreact. So, yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, coming to number six, I got the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think it was an impressive win on the road in division rival. Um, Those are always, especially in the AFC North, tough to come by. Um, But, I mean, Lamar is playing at – I wouldn't say an MVP level, but I would say an MVP level adjacent. He's he's close to where he was um, during his MVP year, but I mean, making big throws. That that throw, it uh, was like sixty yards to Zay Jones. It was on the money. I mean, he put that on Zay Jones' head.
0: Yeah, that was uh, a crazy. Ma- really
1: crazy throw. ma- making throws like that, um, but also being able to do what he do. Being able to do what he does, <laughs> here's the words, um, with his legs, uh, I mean it, it's it's tough to stop, um, but I think even losing J.K. Dobbins, I think they're they're gonna be fine. Um, th- this this team's built for that.
0: Yeah. No. I.
1: So I, uh, yeah, Baltimore Ravens at, are at uh, six. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, I definitely think the Ravens are proving that they're. Uh, they're still very much in the conversation. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. The Bengals played so badly on Sunday that you said that they had an impressive win against a division rival, and I'm like, they played a division rival? Oh, right. <laughs> um, kind of felt like they were out there playing the Texans again. I kind of thought they were just having a football practice. Uh, what I was going to say, what did Lamar throw for? He threw for 237 yards and two touchdowns. Like, you know, in – Overall, that doesn't seem, like, that impressive, like, 237 yards. I mean, Ryan Tannehill threw for more. But, you know, like you said, you look at the way it was done, and honestly, I expect games, especially, like, AFC North, playing AFC North, I expect those games to have lower stats just because each team, like we've talked about before, plays each other like it's the Super Bowl. Um and I just thought Lamar was very impressive there. I mean, he also had 12 carries for 54 rush yards. So it was one of those games where he proved he could throw the ball when he needed to, and he did exactly what they needed to do to win. He was careful with the ball. And, yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, coming to number five, I have the Miami Dolphins. And uh, for me, I think this offense just continues to impress. Uh, Tua thrown for another two fifty against the Patriots defense. Um it's it's scary, um, and the 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 scariest thing about this offense is they can beat you in so many ways. I mean, last week it was it was Tua and Tyreek, and this week it was Jalen Waddle going for eighty plus yards, uh, and Raheem Mostert going for I think it was like a hundred yards, and was, did he did he get two touchdowns? I think so. Um, but yeah, I but but yeah, like there's so many ways that this team can beat you. Um, so yeah, uh, Miami Dolphins at five.
0: I mean, I put them at number one last week, um, in my tiers. I personally think that they're still probably the most explosive team in the league. Um, and obviously they won their game and I think they want a more ugly game that you wouldn't really expect as good of a performance anyway. I mean, it's the Patriots. Their defense is pretty good and they always play each other very hard. Um, you know, I won't argue with you putting them at 5, but I, I I still think that that's a little underrating them, but I don't hate it. Um yeah, I'm okay with it. Go ahead.
1: All right. Uh coming to number 4. <clears throat> I got the Kansas City Chiefs. Um I mean, it it this was a tough game. Uh it was I it, it felt like a gutsy, a gritty win in Jacksonville. Um I don't know. It's just something about this team. They it just feels like they always find a way to win games. Um, I mean, Mahomes, Andy Reid. I, I don't know. Like he he threw for three hundred yards and two touchdowns, and uh, just continues to to kind of pick up where he left off last last year. And um, you know, I, I I you could easily argue that this this team could be two and zero if it wasn't for Kadarius Toney having stones for hands. Um, and, and you also forget that they were without Travis Kelsey, their second best offensive player, and Chris Jones, their best defensive player. So I would be willing to argue that if they have those two guys for that Detroit game, they win that game. And, and we're talking about the the Chiefs at 2-0 and at this point. And, you know, I, I know we don't want to sit here and play what if, the what-if game, but... Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones are two really big what ifs. So um, I know they're one and one, but I think that they could very easily be two and zero. Oh. Um, but yeah, Kansas City Chiefs at four.
0: Okay, and like I I understand your logic. I don't want to. I'm not like I I disagree with you. Um, not obviously. I think that they would win. I think they would have won week one if they had Travis Kelsey. Like I'm not I'm not disputing that. Um, but it's just like how we got frustrated with the announcers for saying, oh, this win has an asterisk because such and such wasn't here. You can't, like, that's not on the lines. It's not their fault. Um, no, and I, I get that. But. And now I'm all with you about blaming Kadarius Tony for that loss. I, that, that's on him and Skymore, and I think that was probably it. But, like, um, you know, ultimately I can't. It, the reason why I would have the Chiefs below the Dolphins is just because I, like, the Dolphins are 2-0 and they've looked better as a team. Like, truly. Now, Kansas City could easily take that back as week two. Like, I'm not saying, oh, Kansas City is going to be worse than the Dolphins all year. But, like, right now, for me, I couldn't put the Kansas City Chiefs above the Dolphins. But I understand why you do. Um, I think Kansas City has a lot of upside here. Um, I don't think that Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore are going to play as bad as they did week one. And where you, you saw a gritty win, um, which you said gritty, and I had to kind of fight the uh, – Fight the uh, demons inside to not say right foot creep. Um, I saw a ugly win. Um, I thought that Kansas City overall played bad. I mean, you know, we look at Patrick Mahomes as like a way better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he had a way better game than Trevor Lawrence. Like, I'm not at all putting that on him. But, I mean, it was just not, not a very good game. You would expect them to win that a lot more win wouldn't buy a lot more in that case, especially with Jack. Jacksonville can only put up three points. Um, yeah. So I don't hate it, but if nothing else, I would flop your four and five probably. But go ahead, man. Okay.
1: Uh, all right, coming to number three, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I mean, they. this team's tough. Uh, to me, I feel like I need to take these two wins that they have with a grain of salt. Uh, I mean, they smacked Daniel Jones, um, who almost lost to the Cardinals. To be fair. And then they beat <laughs> Zach Wilson.
0: <laughs> to, to be fair, Daniel Jones, so, I think, was like the leading fantasy scorer this week for quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, but they still almost lost to the Cardinals, That's so. Um, so, for me, I have to take these two wins with a grain of salt. Um, I really don't think that they get their first test until like week five when they go to San Francisco. Um, I forget if that's week five or week six. That that to me is their first real test, and that'll tell me whether or not they're actually good. Um, but for me, I mean, their defense so far looks legit. Um, uh, t- Tony Pollard looks like a star. Um, and the, the biggest thing uh, about this team's success is Dak Prescott not turning the ball over. And I think it's I, I think the coaches have done a good job at making sure that doesn't happen. Um I, I don't know I don't know how much credit I'm willing to give to Dak Prescott because to be fair he ha he hasn't really been needed. Um because his defense has given up ten points. Um so I, I think until we see him actually tested and they are um in a in a desperate situation they need a score or um they need th- they need him to move the ball. Um I think that'll really tell me about how Dak Prescott is this year. Uh but I think so far they've done a good job at, at game planning to make sure that he is um that he's controlling the game. So Dallas Cowboys at 3.
0: Yeah, I want to address a viewer comment uh, from your our good friend uh Justin Downs. He said uh, that I overhyped the Cowboys last week because Dak Prescott is still their quarterback. Um, there is validity to that. Uh, Dak historically has not been good whenever the ball is in his hands. Um, as far as like you need someone to win the game, Dak is probably your le- like the least probability to win that game if it's him. Um, and to this point in the season, it's kind of what you said, uh, to quote the great Chris Broussard today, he stated that uh, the Dallas Cowboys defense is driving that car, and Dak just has to hold the GPS and read out the directions. <laughs> um, I like that. I do too. I thought that was funny. Um, you know, maybe I did overhype the Cowboys a little bit last week, but I do think that they're legit, and I do think that they have, on paper, their best team that they've had in Dak's tenure um if there is any year for them to have a shot at winning the super bowl and like actually like legit instead of just people being like oh it's the cowboys they're going to win the super bowl because it's it's the cowboys like they're actually really good this year like I think that this actually is a year where they have a really great team and it's all going to come down to like you said how often can they keep the situation away from Dak having to make those plays and when he does have to make those plays can he do it efficiently and without mistakes um yeah, I, Dallas at three, I think, is actually exactly where I would have them this week. So go ahead.
1: Uh, yeah. All right. Coming in at number two, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think this team's finally found their identity, which is that ground and pound football. Uh, I, I think they ran the ball. It was like 45, 46, 47 times, something like that, um, against the Vikings. But I'm not super impressed with their offensive play calling. Um, and I definitely think that down the road, it could be an issue. Um, but I think I think a bigger issue that they need to address is their secondary. Um, because I, I know some of it's due to, to losing C.J. Garner-Johnson and um, they've had injuries to uh, James Bradbury and you know all of this stuff but at the end of the day they still have given up 300 plus yards to both Mac Jones and Kirk Cousins um, uh, and uh, to me that's not a good sign and, I, and I'm not saying either of those quarterbacks are scrubs but I mean giving up 300 yards on a weekly basis is not going to give is not going to put you in a position to win many games um, luckily they play in the NFC quarterback play is not the best but they are going to have to go up against Dak Prescott twice. Um, and they do, I mean, they're going to have to win some games. Um, so, yeah, uh, Philadelphia Eagles at two.
0: Yeah, okay, so I I don't, I wouldn't have them at two. But um, to be honest, I've thought about it now because um, I forgot about I forgot about where they would be a minute ago. I would probably have them five, and then I'd have the Chiefs four, and I have the Cowboys three, and then my top two would be a little different. Um, but um, I don't hate it. I just don't think that they have looked quite as impressive as they did last year, and like due to due to the reasons that you mentioned, and something about like I don't know what it is, but Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown just haven't haven't been on the same page yet this year. Um. I mean, luckily, he has Devontae Smith, and they have been explosive. But, um, yeah, I just – something about their offense is off. And I I couldn't reasonably call them the second-best team in the NFL right now um, without addressing those concerns, and I just don't think that – like i said I think that they're still they're they're missing something and until they find that i think that they are i think they're they're vulnerable this year um for the record, I actually would have the dolphins at two and then I think we would have the same number one team so with that being said, why don't you reveal to us who the top team in the n f l for your rankings are
1: all right coming in for i believe the second week in a row, that would be the san francisco forty ers Um, look, for me, I I still don't know how sold I am on Brock Purdy. Uh, I think he's a good quarterback, he's solid, but uh, I'm not sure if these wins are because he's racking up, um, or the wins that he's racking up is a result of him, or just how good the team and the scheme around him is. Uh, I mean, look, Kyle Shanahan took Matt Ryan to the Super Bowl, and I'm not saying Matt Ryan's a bad player, or a bad quarterback, but, um, you look at Matt Ryan's success with Kyle Shanahan and without Kyle Shanahan Shanahan and you kind of realize like hey maybe it was a little bit of him uh, maybe Matt Ryan needed Kyle Shanahan a little bit um, but that being said this defense is it's incredible uh, I mean they have all pro players at every single position um, and then you throw in CMC, Debo, IUK, um, Uh, one of the better, if not the best, offensive line, weapons everywhere. George Kittle, I mean, this team to me is the most complete team um, with a great offensive-minded head coach at the helm. So uh, San Francisco for the second week in a row, uh, number one.
0: How dare you disrespect the reincarnation of Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and um, Dan Marino like that. Don't you know, uh, according to the media, Brock Purdy's the new GOAT? Come on, bro. What are you doing? Get out. (laughs) No, real talk, though, I mean, I would agree with you. I actually would have – I would bump the Dolphins out of number one and put the 49ers here for this week for my rankings. Um, Yeah, everything you said, I can't argue with that. Um, They're the best team in the league uh, as of right now, and I don't think that there is any question. So – any last comments you have on your tiers before I kind of segue us into the next section?
1: Oh yeah. I got to always end it with, uh, the highest riser and the, the biggest faller, end. uh, the highest riser this year or this year, this we week, gl- we glossing over Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, the highest higher this and the week, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, For me is the New Orleans Saints, and like I said, this is more just an indictment of me underrating them, Uh, but they jumped from 19 to 9, yeah, Um, moving up 10 spots. And the biggest faller uh, was the Cleveland Browns, going from uh, 11 to 20th. Um, I just think the loss of Nick Chubb and this offense having just no signs of life scares me. Um, the only saving grace they have is their defense. But if they can't score any points, they're not going to win any games. No. Um, so, yeah, Cleveland Browns are the uh, biggest follower.
0: Cool. Um, Well, I think we uh, – at here at The Rundown, we like to, you know, take our viewer – or viewer – our listener feedback and kind of use that to uh, mold future shows. And so – one feedback that we got is that we should include some more hot takes slash overreactions in our shows. So with that being said, our final segment for the day, and one that we're actually kind of excited about, is our hot takes slash overreactions from week two. And we don't have a fancy name for this section yet, so until we do, it's just going to be that mouthful. Um, so why don't we trade off? I'll give you one, then you give me one, okay? Okay. Cool. So I'll start this show off with... Um, my hot take slash overreaction from week two is that the Cincinnati Bengals will miss the playoffs this year. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> um, my first one is uh, Michael Parsons is the best player in the NFL, and I will not be shocked if he wins MVP this year
0: my guys we we said hot takes and overreactions you you're just stating facts anyway um that's
1: it's a, it's, a hot, it's it's a cold take <laughs> that michael parsons <laughs> win the wins the mvp the freaking third player ever to do it yeah get out of here the, the, that the the is third, a hot the third take
0: defensive player right not not the third player yeah ever. that that <laughs> there have been more than three mvps <laughs> The third defensive player sorry <laughs> yeah. okay No, there's there's only no one. i'm just messing with you um yeah my second one, the Miami Dolphins will be the AFC champions this year.
1: As in the Miami Dolphins are gonna going to go to the Super yes. Bowl. Okay. Um my second one is uh that Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Bucks will win the NFC South.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, my third one and final one the San Francisco 49ers will be the Super Bowl champions
1: this year. I don't know if I'd call that a hot take. We did just call them our number one team in the NFL. Sure,
0: but, I mean, there is still, you know, there's the question of Brock Purdy and all that stuff. And it is still hard to actually do yeah. it. You see teams have hot starts all the time. I mean, look at Pittsburgh in 2020 where they went 11-0 and and then, well.
1: <laughs> uh, and then my final one is that uh, – Justin Fields is not him, and I know that you're like, oh, that's not a hot take. Uh, I, to me, and I, I don't know how many more chances he has to get. You know, like he has been given chance after chance after chance, and I just don't think he's the guy. He he is not the guy, and I don't know if that's if that's him, if he's just not developing, or if that's just or if he's regressing, or if that's due to his coaching. But uh, yeah my overreaction is that uh my so so my overreaction is that the the bears will move on from justin fields after this year
0: okay if anything i think it's just further proof for that uh that meme that um it's just yet another ohio state quarterback that can't make it in the league i mean some, there's something about ohio state and sucking in the nfl
1: yeah cj stroud did just throw for yards, <laughs> i just yay. wanted
0: to push your buttons hey man <laughs> uh great show today um you know, One of these days we might get it closer to the hour range, but we're pushing an hour 30 right now. So I think this is a good place to call it. Um, any last thoughts?
1: Um, no, none, none that I can think of. Uh, I will say I'll, I'll leave you guys with one grim fact. Um, the last three Monday night football games have ended with DeMar Hamlin potentially or almost dying on the field. Uh, Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles and Nick Chubb snapping his leg in half. Um, so with that being said, can't wait for next week where uh, the Eagles take on the Bucks and my Bengals take on the Rams.
0: Ah, Justin, such an, <laughs> such an eloquent speaker. Um, on behalf of Justin, I'm Ben, and this has been The Rundown. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week for week three. Until next time, we hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you.